podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Carver Show. You know what? It's like pulling your teeth out at the moment. Same shit, different day. Another loss six times now at home. Oh, my God. Breaking records, but not the ones that we are accustomed to. You know, uh, we've done a full circle on ourselves. Last season, we were watching greatness and, you know, everything is just literally just falling apart. We are, we have collapsed capitulated it's absolutely embarrassing I cannot believe we lost to Fulham at home we have just lost to Fulham at home oh god I don't even know what to say I don't know what to make of it it's just um I think it's just becoming really really exhausting now I think we're just really tired and um, joining me on this podcast because god knows they'll speak more sense than I I have two excellent guests so without further ado let me introduce them to you um I'll bring in my first guest. It is um a familiar voice. Um he's he's helped me a lot and I you know what I'm grateful for that. It is Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having us on again, Nina. So we'll we'll pull through this together. I'm gonna try my best to be constructive. I think it was a confident prediction of yours that I'd be talking sense, but you know, we'll try and dissect that uh shit show again. I look forward to it. And you know what? I am quite stingy with my praise. So you know what? Um, uh, I'd add on up to the fact that you're going to be quite insightful. And joining me on this podcast, I'm actually delighted to have this guy on because he doesn't come on many podcasts. And when he does grace your, you know, grace your podcast with his presence, you know what? Attention needs to be paid. It's a good friend of mine. And it's it's just nice speaking to him. I just wish it was on uh, happier circumstances. And I'm just going to put it out there. Before this guy was my friend and, you know, somebody that I really look up to and like my big brother, I used to be a really, really sensible, intelligent person. You know, you, you know, a company does rub off on you. It's an honour to introduce on Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> Standard slag enough to start with amongst the platitudes. That's very kind of you. Um, is, love everything, like... everything you said. All spot on. Yeah. All spot yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm. It's nice to know that my positive influences are, I have finally having an effect. So yeah, you know what? Could have, you know, could have broken into the field of quantum physics, but spending some time with you, <laughs> I, I, I wonder how I dress myself in the morning. Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then... do it like me. Just dress in the dark and whatever happens happens. Yeah. You know. Just, yeah, absolutely. What was meant to be, guys? Um, you know what? Let's let's talk about this. And um, Cam, because because you um, you've not been on for ages. I'm going to come to you. I think the first thing that we kind of spoke um, we we always address is the team lineup. You know, there's constant mm. talk of changing it up, make it fresh, do something different. I think Lubo put out a really really hilarious tweet: change it up, club. For fuck's sake, club, not like that. I mean, there were some big changes, some significant <laughs> changes. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, for me, he he made too many changes. 
obviously two of the changes were were forced upon him. So fair enough. That's fine. Get that. Um, one of those changes would have been I would have changed anyway, and that would have been Bobby. Um, so the other five was just too many. You can't expect a team to go out with seven changes and perform when they've never played together like that. And this is a Fulham team who are unbeaten now, I think, in seven away games. They're not exactly rolling over for anybody away from home. So it was almost um, the change was made with um, Wednesday in mind and trying to keep players fresh for Wednesday. And I think ultimately now Klopp has shown his hand with today's lineup that um, the league is relevant to a point um, in that he knows now we're struggling to get top four and the eggs are in the Champions League basket. And realistically, I think he's got it the wrong way around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, guys? Um, If you're not on Discord, get on Discord. But we have the live chat box going on. And people really don't want to talk about this game. We are talking about food now. And should pineapple be on pizza? Literally, this is where it's come to. I remember the good old days when everyone just wanted to talk about the game and the football and our players. And we're just avoiding the the subject and addressing the elephant in the room. And Dave, I'm going to come to you because Cam made some sound points there. And I think definitely there was an eye on the Champions League. We've kind of spoken about this at length, you and I. <laughs> we t- yeah. I talk to you more than I talk to my friends. It's weird. <laughs> you know, because you know, he's my, you know what? It might as well be called the Nina and Dave show. That's all I'm saying recently. You know, I'm going to I'm have to share the, the, the hosting um, duties with you. But no, Dave, um, I think, you know, there was a lot of them. Um, there's obviously there's emphasis on, on the Champions League. Um, Cam's kind of mentioned that, that, you know, maybe the league isn't the focus, too many changes and also, you know, a bit too much of a big ass for a team that is, you know, pretty much um, a shot of confidence. Yeah, and I think I think as a, as a centre-back pairing, he, he didn't really have too much of a choice. Um, mm. I guess he could have played Fabinho at the back. I was glad that, you know, he played his centre-backs in centre-back positions, but it is a young pairing. I thought, okay, and then my eye moved across, you know, and and saw Nico Williams playing as well. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, you've chosen a great time to bring him in, you know, when you've got an inexperienced centre-back pairing. And, yeah, there there were some changes enforced on him, but not all of them. I think he's almost at a point where, you know, he'll put out a team, but really he's thinking about the next match, and, and that's not really been us. You know, we've... Take each game as it comes was his philosophy, you remember? And and I know you kind of have to manage the squad and everything, but Klopp has never been like that. You know, Benitez used to be a nightmare for it because he'd always be tinkering. You'd never have the same 11, whereas Klopp likes that settled 11. I think with the Nico Williams, uh, bringing him in in particular was, you know, putting up the white flag for the league and just saying, let's shit or bust Champions League. So. Yeah, I must admit, with seeing the team, I'm like, well, at the end of the day, it wasn't going that well with the the you know players we had in before. He's obviously trying to rest some people for midweek, and let's see how it goes. But fuck me, we've lost five on the bounce. We can't possibly win, uh, lose six, can we? 
That was my uh, <laughs> optimism before the game. <laughs> so, yeah, how wrong I was there. You know, I'm going to sprinkle some positivity. So, you know, in the in 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 the chat box, I've just discovered that um, it is Matthias's birthday today. So, you know what? I'm going to wish you a happy birthday. Um, I hope the Reds aside, you've had an awesome day. And Steve Pizza wants me to sing happy birthday to you in Swedish. I mean, come on. Like, literally, what are you asking for here? What are you asking for? It's not going to happen. Um, you could do it like the the, sweet, the Swedish chef from the Muppets. Uh, uh, go on, do it. <laughs> no, it was not me. Oh, uh, uh, go on, then. Fuck it. Why not? Uh, cheer the day up. Okay, he's, he's wrote it down, but I don't even... Can, I've actually got it. I've got it on my phone ready as well. Go, go, on, go on. Go on. Let's listen to it. I can't hear it, so I've got headphones on. I, I'm trying to see. Uh, uh, gratis pa fodel gads da dagen. Gratis pa fodel sedagan. We need to get Matthias on to say it. Okay, okay, it's hang on. Let, let, me tongue, <laughs> let me try. Let me try. Gratis pa fodel dagen Matthias den gamla fis. We are Swedish, Matthias. <laughs> no, I'm not singing all of it, but I hope you've had a lovely day. No, I, I think, yeah, I think the over, you know, the, the tinkering was a bit too much. I'll tell you what kind of surprised me a little bit, and I want you guys to talk to me about this, and that we're waiting. If anyone wants to call in, please call, because clearly we're, you know, we don't want to talk about the game. We'd rather talk about pizza toppings and wish people happy birthdays, which is essential. Um, I think for me, one of the shocking things was, I mean, I really like to see Naby Keita in there. Um, that was good. Jota, I think, was a big positive. That one made sense. Uh, the defence, it had to. But the Nico Williams was a bit strange. I, um, I, I do agree with you, Dave. But um, uh, sticking with you, Dave, I, what I found really bizarre was the fact that um, it looked like a slight formation change as well. I don't know if it was like a 4-2-3-1 kind of situation. But um, I thought James Milner in there was a bit bizarre. Yeah, you know what you're going to get from Milner, don't you? You're going to get lots of, you know, full-blooded tackles. And, and you know, I, I again, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought, you know what, he's he's resting some legs. But then I kind of, that's actually, I'm taking you through my thought process. And then, again, I see Genie on there. And I'm like, what is, what is Genie made of, you know? Genie seems to be able to play every single game. And I know he's not, he's had, he's not had his best season, but... He doesn't seem to need to be rested. So, yeah, like yourself, I was I was happy that um, Kato was getting some minutes. You know, he was getting a start. And again, before we kicked off, I was kind of optimistic because I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this this four three three that we've been playing, maybe it's just that other teams have sussed us out. So if we mix it up a bit, you know, we'll have been working on it a bit in training ground. Maybe, you know, we'll surprise them and put them on the back foot a bit. And yeah, I was massively wrong on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cam, I'll come to you. I mean, talk to me about maybe some of the things that kind of frustrated you a little bit in that first half. I mean, you know, um, go on. What frustrated me was um, we were doing the same old things that we've been doing every game in that teams are now looking to play the ball over the top against us and getting behind us that way. And they were continually doing that 
down the left-hand side, their left, uh, our right, and they were targeting Nico Williams outside. They, they were, their, def- their attackers were finding space where they shouldn't have been finding space. I thought at times, um, to just be a little bit more positive, I thought we'd opened up our game. I thought we'd changed our game slightly in that there was a bigger gap between the defence and the midfield and the midfield and the attack, like we were trying to stretch the pitch a bit more to create more space. And I thought we did have a little bit of movement because Jota was trying to move. Salah was looking, Salah was looking really lively to start with as well. Mm. And, and the balls were coming in and then, then they just stopped and it just seemed to be all I can, And this is not that I'm, I want to have a go at the guy in any way or shape or form because he, the managers picked him. And the ball just kept seeing to be going to James Milner all the time. Yeah. And he, he doesn't do anything with it. You know, the, he's too slow. He's, he's, he's too slow. He's, he's off the pace now. Um, he's, he's good for 10, 15 minutes at the end of a game, not to start a game, unfortunately. And mm. I, we had creative players on that pitch. You can't say we didn't. We had Naby on there. We had Jota on there. We had Salah on there. We had Shakiri on there. How much I'd love to see the stats of how much they them four actually touched the ball in the first half. Whatever it was, it was not enough. It simply was not enough. We we we're not we're just nothing. We I remember something Pep Linders said in the summer. Um, there was an interview with him or Papine Linders, I should say, uh, to, to use the phrase's name correctly. And they asked him. Um, after winning the league now, what are you going to do next season? What have you got to be? And he goes, we have to be unpredictable. Oh, God. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this is not unpredictable. You are so fucking predictable. It's rinse, wash, repeat. But kind it of unpredictable is. in the sense that I didn't expect him to be like this. Like, yeah. does that make sense? No one uh, predicted this at the start yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, no, I was looking at <laughs> I was looking at something else as well. Um, this this is not something that's happened since Christmas when we were top. Let's not kid ourselves. This has happened since we lost away to Watford in February. Last yeah, year, we've been awful since. We yeah, three, I agree. We've Had we not wrapped since, up the yeah. league way back when, like I would have been a bit exactly. like nervous. Certainly I after think the project restart. We played since that game. We played 37 in the league, I think. Um, we've got 62 points in those 37 games. We're averaging less than two points a game since that defeat. That this is not this is a a rot of a season from the middle of last season or towards the end of last season, sorry, and it's not been addressed, despite the false. You know, the false dawns, you know, some fantastic wins in all that time. We have been... And you can't then say that that was on the Virgil van Dijk injury or the Joe Gomez injury or the Joel Matip injury or the Fabinho injury. Yes, injuries have, had, have played a part, but you can't keep using injuries as an excuse. You have to find solutions to these problems. That's what we were always good at under Klopp. And co. Last four years, we've always found solutions. We have no idea what we're doing now when we go on that pitch. We are as flat as flat can be. 
I think that's fair. Dave, I'm, I'm going to come to you. I mean, what kind of frustrated you? And also, I'd like to get your thoughts and hear your response to what Cam has said there, because it is true. Had we not ran with the league before, you know, the whole pandemic sort of, um, you know, took over our lives and over football, I would have been a very, very nervous spectator watching if it was only like three points in it or six points in it. You know, mm-hmm. um, it was done and dusted. But he is right. You know, we have been poor. But the thing is, as well, I mean, like, we were, like, top during Christmas this season. But I think what I took from that was the consolation was everyone was kind of bad as well. So it was, we were were the best of, like, the bad bunch, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think momentum's such a big factor, isn't it? You know, with that drop-off after the whole restart. Because the reality was we'd won that league when it restarted the the only thing really threatening us was if um if you know as all the, the null and voided the it we're calling for the null, <laughs> null and void thing that was the only real threat and i think it must be really hard you know as as players to get yourself back up to that level of intensity that hunger that fight that you had before i say it's really hard and, and we can all say oh well these are, are professional athletes and you know it shouldn't matter but but they're human beings as well and I, I think it does and I agree I think we've been poor since then but you know flipping that around you used to say well you know that's a sign of champions where you can just dig out a result you don't have to play well you just have to get the result and that's what we you know prior to um this drop off you know crystal palace 7-0 was the last you know hammering that we that we dished out prior to that we looked like we were going to be champions again despite all of the injuries and then it, for me i think the, the one thing that changed my mindset was actually fulham away and we drew that game one all but they played us off the park i think we were they did it again today then. yeah well that's it you got a team fighting relegation and they came to our home and played us off the fucking park. I, I, it's unacceptable. Um, I, I just so agitated. But the reason why we're talking about pizzas and stuff is because, well, we've seen this game before, haven't we? We've seen it over and over repeated in the last few months. And so it's it's just the same thing. It's that slow, laboured build-up. And then when the opposition gets the ball, they break with purpose and we look really vulnerable at the back. But you know what? We haven't lost, we haven't gone on this horrendous run because of conceding so many goals. We've not been beat 3, 4, 5 nil or anything by anyone. To not score for, what are we now, pushing 11 hours or something? Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. From open play. Yeah, yeah, from open play. So, absolutely ridiculous. And, and... I know we've had our defensive problems, but again, that that is the real problem. And we've got so many players out of form now. I mean, I was talking about, I was excited to see Cater back. But at the end of the day, you know, he is coming back. You've got Jota. He's still just coming back and we're probably expecting a bit too much from these players, but they have to hit the ground running. You know, if they if we're going to turn this run around, because the players who who've been wearing the shirt haven't been doing it either. So, yeah, it's it's not great. But you know, for all our defensive injuries and and for playing the kids at the back today, you know, no kid uh, playing at the back today was at fault for that goal we conceded. 
Yeah. I mean, I'd like to get your thoughts on in terms of, well, Dave, I'll stick with you. And I'd like to get your thoughts on, um, I guess what Cam said as well in terms of, you know, teams know how to play against us. You know, it's the ball over the top. They know that we're defensively weak. Also, that defence, I think it goes without saying, we kind of know it was slow. I mean, Nico Williams is a young lad, but he's very slow. And I think we've established that. And the high line just doesn't work. And, you know, we had our scare against Chelsea. And, you know, that goal that shouldn't have been ruled off offside got ruled off offside. You know, VAR was in our favour, even though it was wrong. But then we got undone again by a very, very similar thing. And today it happened again. Today we were playing the high line. We were looking stupid. Unnecessary, unnecessary, unnecessary pressure on ourselves. I I can't rationalise it because, you know, what is it, the the height of idiocy or the definition of idiocy is to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome. I, I think the high line, when you've got Van Dijk and Gomez at the back, you know, you can get that. You can understand that. I don't understand why Klopp and the coaching staff are persevering with it. I, I just don't get it. Because, you know, I, I actually, I, I don't think Nico Williams is that slow, but I think... Uh, Reese Williams and Phillips are, are incredibly slow, you know. So sorry, I met Reese Williams. This is what happens right. when you have too many names. <laughs> this is what happens. When, yes, sorry, yeah, Reese. Yeah, Reece, so yes, so and surely, I think he, yeah. You know, we we should have just pulled back a bit, and you know what? That would have invited Fulham to have more possession, you know, and control possession to attack us. I think the reason we look so vulnerable is because when they get that ball over the top, everything looks like it's going to result in quite a good chance. And that's because we're always trying to compress the play. The amount of times in that second half, I saw Phillips up in the... Mm. He looked like he was in the right-back position, Mm. compressing the half all Mm. the time. Sorry. Uh, We're compressing the, the uh, the game in their half. But then we looked completely vulnerable to that uh, ball over the top and a, and a quick break. So it, it's as if, you know, we, we've had our way of playing, you know, and when we've been at our best, it's, it's during that transition. It's when, you know, we win possession and then we break quickly with purpose. It's as if we've kind of uh, forgot all of that. And then now we're kind of trying to be this possession team and, and, everyone's taking that extra touch everything's really slow slow yep yeah it's just honestly i i think we could again we could have been playing till midnight tonight and not scored i i don't think there was one save from jota where i thought the keeper made a really good save but apart from that i I don't recall him making any flying saves Uh, you know i just don't think we we seem to have gone from a team who believes that we're going to win every game to a team that actually believes we're going to lose the game before we've even stepped onto yeah. the pitch. I, I think that's a real, real fair assessment. And I think Cam said something as well. I mean, there was a, he's not been on positive for a while, so he spoke a lot of sense in, in his little bit. And he did say as well, like, you know, there was players on there that should have won the game, you know. And then, Dave, you mentioned something saying that, you know, players are, you know, they're all out of form. And, you know, usually that one player, that moment of magic from Mo Salah or Jota or, you know, somebody like that, a great pass from Shaq, you know, Naby Keita with a, you know, a, a, you know, a run or something, you know, you'd expect something to come off. And if they're all like 
all of them are like low on confidence and not not necessarily Kate. I thought he was quite a positive in the midfield, to be fair. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, there's players that could have made a difference. And, you know, Marnie came on as well. And it just did not happen. And I think we're watching the same game on loop. And I think we're all really, really tired and sick of it. It's getting quite frustrating. I mean, I, I'm going to go against what Cam says because I know you love Dell. And I'm going to let Dell on because he has a conspiracy theory. And uh... we, we, we like them. We like them. So I'm going to bring Dell on. Come on, Dell. Hello. Too busy eating pineapple. No, he doesn't want to talk to us. He's not on mute, is he? He's... No, I've taken him off. I have to put him on server mute because I can't control him. <laughs> and now he won't speak to me. <laughs> he's got a little green circle around. Yeah, he has. He's but just he's a tease. That's what he is. He is. <laughs> It's like our attack. Uh, he is. He's just like there, showing up, green, but not doing anything. You're basically Let's Bobby Firmino. This chat. Let's just call him Bobby Firmino. No, no, no. Can't give him that high praise. Call him Shaq. Okay, we'll call him Shaq. Okay, right. You know what? Dell, fix your mic and come back to us. Right, we're going to carry on. I've just muted him again. I feel so powerful, people. You know, this is what happens. Um. Right. Okay. Um, Cam, I'll come back to you sure. and, you know, just just talk to me about um, maybe some of the players that did kind of impress you. Because what I kind of noticed was we had a few moments of we were passing the ball quick and Fulham did look quite panicked. And then we'd take the foot off the gas again. And that kind of really wound me up. We'd have like five minutes of it and then we'd stop again. Yeah, that, that happened quite a lot in the first half. Fulham mm. uh, were playing quite open. They weren't playing um, a deep line, low block, which seems to frustrate every football fan. But guess what, folks? It's football. Teams are allowed to do that. You know, that's part of their tactics. It's up to us to break those tactics down. Today, Fulham didn't do that. They were open. They were there, uh, allowing us space. This, you know, this is why I was saying earlier that we we also could have exploited that ball over the top a little bit more as well. Yes, I know Mo was up against... Uh, a big striker in, you know, uh, a big striker, big defenders. But Mo, he rolls them. He's brilliant at that. He 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 has that skill set. He has the capability. We didn't exploit certain situations, and we, like you say, we we showed a bit of intensity, showed a bit of pace. There was there was, there was some nice movement, and then we just stopped. It's like we suddenly thought, "Hang on, we're not meant to be doing this." This is not what we've been doing. You know, it's almost like Jose Mourinho is on the side suddenly barking at them. No, you can't do that. Go back to your your slowness that I want from you. And and that's what it feels like. We we have opportunities to the last six games we've we've been playing this way and it's not working. Why aren't we trying something different? Why not go to the, the gung ho Football and if you're going to lose, lose four three. You're still going to lose, but at least you get, you can lose giving it a shot. We're not even doing that. We don't shoot. How many shots on target did we have today? You mentioned earlier in the second half. I think the keep the keeper made one one really good save from Jota. We had one header that came off the post, which uh, it happens. 
The keeper palmed across away for a corner, which could could have led to a possible shot on goal. But we don't shoot. We don't create opportunities. We're, we're just awful. That's the bottom line. We, we, we just, that first half, we were awful. We, we lifted up a little bit in the second half to start with. And then again, we just went flat again. We just stopped playing. And it's, uh, it's so slow. If that was any other team, you'd switch off. You wouldn't watch it. You wouldn't yeah. pay to watch that, would you? You wouldn't want to pay to watch that. You know, we would be hurling abuse at the players if that was um, the case, if we were there. We just wouldn't want it. We wouldn't want it. So, I, you know, I, I, could, I could run for 90 minutes on this and it would probably be more exciting than the game of football we just watched. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> you know what, though? Um, Dell has typed in his conspiracy theory. I think he's having mic issues, so I'll read it in a minute and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Um, I do uh, appreciate the input. Uh, I'll come to you, Dave. Um, talk to me about this because I feel like as bad as they are, and we always say, oh, the fans are missing as well, but my God, I'm not being funny. The fans would have been on their backs for that. You know, the fact that you can't keep consistency. And, and you know what? This is a team that really, really does need the fans. But can you imagine, uh, you know, a packed out Anfield watching that? Not acceptable. Yeah, and I I wonder about, you know, overall, how much does it affect the players, you know, not having the fans there? Huge. Could could you get, well, you know, could you get a really crap team coming and, uh, you know, beating a really good team? I I think potentially, you know, that Anfield roar, where it would have made a much bigger difference is where we let our foot off the gas. You know, when people are in possession, you know, cheering for people to, to, you know, get forward, attack, attack, attack. Um, because I agree, I actually thought in the first, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, I thought Mo looked like he had, he was playing like someone who had something to prove. He looked on it, he looked sharp. Um, he went down looking for a penalty at one point, And I, I saw there was some chat in the Discord group, some people calling for a penalty, other people saying no. It wasn't, and I think it would have been absolutely soft, but I can't help but feel if it was against us, we would have conceded a penalty there. But apart from that, I just thought he looked on it and sharp. And then for some reason, as we said that, we just went back to the laboured build-up play again. And again, I can't help but blame this kind of high line. We're trying to compress the game in the opponent's half. And we don't know what to do with it. We're all taking that extra touch. So the ball's not moving around as quickly. All the teams know we're going to do this now. And then so, you know, they'll leave one striker or two people up top. And then they get the ball and break very quickly. So, again, if we if we weren't trying to compress the play so much, I, I, I think we'd in, invite this, you know, aggressive counter on us a, a little bit less. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I, again, I can't help but feel it's Groundhog Day because it just keeps happening over and over again. It doesn't matter who the personnel are. We're always playing the same way, and I, I don't really want to call out individual players, but I, I was wondering when I was watching this game, 
when was the last time Shakiri actually made a positive impact? And it's a genuine question. I'm not trying to dig him out individually, but I was trying to think. The the through pass through to to the Jota goal um, a while back was was the one time I can remember him really doing something. And I just think he's he's had lots of opportunities, and and you know we can't blame him being out for you know lots of time with injuries. Uh, he's just he's just not been playing well. Yeah, I mean, Cam, I will come to you. I'd like to get your thoughts on Shakiri as well. I think there's a few players that are just looking so off it. I think he's had a lot of injuries and he's, again, he's one of those that is quite slow. But one thing that you do kind of rely on him is, is the fact that he's got, I don't know, a, an eye for a great pass. And maybe, you yeah. know, you, you kind of look at him to kind of unlock things. And I, and I guess that's why he makes sense. But in terms of pace, for me, him and Milner were, you know, equal parts and, and Reese Williams as well, like the, the three main culprits of like slowing things down a little bit, in my opinion. And also, like, I felt like there wasn't enough cover on Nico Williams' side, and that's down on Shaq. Um, I wouldn't have said that was on Shaq in the first half because Shaq was playing in the front three. So um, that, that would have been... I mean, where, who was playing the number six? Was it Ginny? Was it Milna? Because well, Nabi think... was playing on the left of left yeah. of the three, wasn't he? So uh, Nabi would have been covering Robertson. So it, it, was, it would have been more on Ginny or Mil, uh, Milner to be covering um, Nico Williams. But it, again, we've seen this on a regular basis anyway uh, throughout the season that our fullbacks have not been covered properly. They've been exploiting us down the flanks with the ball over the top anyway. Um, and, and it's why isn't the management team doing something about that? Why why are they allowing this to continually happen, game in game out? Going back to Shakiri, um, he put a couple of uh, crosses in today that were were half decent crosses, um, but pretty much an empty shirt for me. Shakiri is a is an impact player who comes off the subs bench. And if a team is playing well, then he can be rotated in in a game like today, for example. But we're not a team playing well. So you need your best players on the pitch. But we're caught between a rock and a hard place. We can't play our best players on the because they're all just not on it at all. And the manager now doesn't believe we're going to qualify for top four. It's a, it's a shit show. I'm sorry to be so negative today, but um, it really, really is a shit show what, what we're seeing out there, you know. And it's uh, I, I, it's just not acceptable, you know. With yeah. we're defending champions, we're we're not showing any fight whatsoever. No desire, no passion, no commitment. You know, there's there's just too many negatives to look at the little positives that there were, the little positives was, yes, Jota is back. His movement looked good. Naby was back. Naby wants the ball. There were moments where you just saw him gliding past and he and he's trying to thread those balls through and you're thinking, yeah, you can see what Naby is about. But aside from that, you know, we, we gave away a silly goal. We haven't even talked about the goal we gave away. Um, and that came from a... A Shakiri foul for the free kick. Mm. 
Yeah. So, uh, nice. you know, silly foul on the by the byline. He didn't have to give it. Didn't have to do it. You just shepherd the player. You make him. You force him backwards. You don't give away a silly free kick that puts pressure on our box. Idiotic. It, it's it's almost like they were a Sunday league football team. I've actually seen Sunday league football teams play better. I've actually played in Sunday league football teams that have played better than that. And we were in like one of the worst divisions in the world. And we played better than that. And that's think, no word of a lie. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like, I, you know, I was speaking to uh, my, my brother about this. And, you know, there's losing and then there's losing like where you're absolutely disgusted. I mean, we and, and an example that I will always use is Barcelona away. You know, we lost 3-0 on paper, it looks like we've got an absolute tonking, right? Even yeah. if you've not watched the game, you, you yeah. it was three just insane goals that did us over, that you could not do anything about it. On the pitch, man for man, we were the better team. Yeah. And but right it, now, you know, we're not. Yeah, exactly. So I walked away from that 3-0, not like disgusted, if, if that makes sense. Like I was just like, oh, God. I just can't believe that happened. But you know what? You, we, we lost the game and they scored some great goals. Okay, fair enough, whatever, we move on. And uh, obviously we turned it around. But what I'm saying is it, it's a manner in which you lose. And if you just roll over, your heads drop. You're not even trying. You're not jeering each other up. And the thing is, there's nobody there on that pitch. I'm not being funny. There isn't a leader. Like, there isn't a leader that is saying, come on, what you're doing. And I think the more I look at it, and I'm sorry, it is Virgil van Dijk. I'm sorry, he's the glue that held them together in more places than once, in more places than one, uh, not only in a defensive sense, but I think in a psychological sense. And Klopp did that. And I think Klopp is probably mentally fatigued with everything that he's going on and the personal stuff that he's dealing with. It's Literally, there's no inspiration on that page. I'm not giving them like a free pass, but I just look at them and I think you're all in a really, really bad place. And you're literally looking around there and there's no leader on that pitch. And I think it's become evident. And I think now anyone can be a leader when things are great. You know, everyone can be all motivated because you're, you're riding, you know, you're, you're riding high. And at the moment, you're not. Anyway, the conspiracy theory from, from our good friend, Del. Okay, I'm just going to type it instead, he says. I think we're, we're purposely losing games badly to lull teams and oppositions into a sense that it's only Liverpool easy three points. So next season comes and we'll demolish these teams and bring back number 20. Dave, you've been quite quiet. What do you think of this conspiracy theory? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we've been having a bit of fun, haven't we? And then we, we get down when we're talking about football. But, you know, uh, of course, that, well, I'm assuming it's it's done with tongue-in-cheek uh, and a bit of jest. I think, again, you know, you look at the team that Klopp built, um, a, a lot of it was about momentum. And, and, you know, the league is that 38 games, but really that league win was it was coming from all the previous, at, at least the previous two seasons. And, you know, they just built that momentum. And it just seems like the wind's completely fallen out of our sails. I don't think, you know, the guys can have a couple of weeks off and then come back for pre-season. And then, mind you, they've got the bloody European Championships, so we'll no doubt pick up some injuries there. Players will come back jaded. 
they're not going to come back to pre-season and then suddenly acquire all of that momentum that they'd that we've lost that we had in the previous years so yeah i'd love to believe that that's the case but i think i think we are in in significant trouble now i i think i do believe it is a crisis i just don't see where our next goal is coming from never mind where is our next win coming from fulham absolutely deserved their win today and when you know when the goal went in you couldn't argue that it hadn't been coming you know they they did look the more likely to score the one positive i want to throw in there uh we talked about nabby hopefully Touchwood is he's going to stay fit. For me, I thought we instantly looked a better team when we put, when we played Fabinho. Yeah. He came on and he played in midfield. And it was kind of bittersweet for me because when he has been fit earlier in the year and we had other options to play at center back, we chose to play him at center back mm-hmm. and deprived ourselves of having him in the midfield. Again, I want to make the point we're not conceding three and four goals that we need to, you know, absolutely make sure the centre-back is the priority position. So play your best players at fucking centre-back. So I just hope that the pennies drop there because I think he could have chose to play Fabinho, you know, at centre-back, even though we we could see in the Chelsea game he, he wasn't match fit. He's decided to play the kids at the back, you know, Williams and Phillips, and then he's brought him on in midfield. I just hope and pray that he perseveres with that and doesn't, and we don't see him in midweek played centre back again. Absolutely. I mean, Cam, for me, it should have happened a lot sooner, that sub. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Klopp very rarely makes subs that I feel are good subs uh, at the right time. He's always. He's always been poor with his substitutions, I feel. It's very rare you can say he's made a made a substitution and, and you're thinking, wow, that was a game-changer. The only one I can think of, funny enough, yeah, right now off the top of my head is Shaqiri against uh, Man United when he got the two What about goals. Jones when he came on against West Ham? Okay, Jones when he came on. And maybe uh, Ginny against Barcelona, but... In ha- mm. how many games that, that is that? That was all right, to be fair, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that one was a bit too bad. <laughs> yeah. So, what's that? Three? Bobby, Three substitutions? Bobby, Stoke. Bobby, Bobby and Phil against Stoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're clutching, aren't we? We're clutching. It's not and many, to be fair. <laughs> it's not many. I mean, I'm not saying other managers are brilliant at their substitution, but we've Did known Origi for a long come time. On against Everton? Did Origi come on against Everton? Or was he already um, playing? I can't remember that he, one. He tends, he tends to start against Everton, doesn't he? But you, you might be right. Is that the one with the uh, the double bounce on the crossbar? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think I think oh, you may have done. Yeah. So, um, but no, I mean, I mean, the uh, the first sub, we knew it was going to be sixty minutes. It's always sixty minutes. Why not? You know, the the the, the example you just gave there, Bobby against Stoke. Bobby and Phil came on at half time. At the start of the second half against Stoke, two substitutions saying showing a positive intent. You, you, no, we've got to change it. We've got to do something. No, it's just same old rinse and repeat. It's as Della said, it's Groundhog Day. So um, it's get them on earlier. Fabinho is now fit to play. 
Get him on earlier. Why are you waiting so long? You could see that the... Um, I could see why he left Nico on for as long as he did, because he, he, if he'd taken him off when he was suddenly playing well, as well as he was, that would have been like a, a real... That would have been bad management in, in draining the lad's confidence, thinking, well, I'm just suddenly getting into the game, and now he takes me off, because he doesn't think I'm good enough. But we needed Trent on at the same time. So... I suppose what I'm saying is he can't get it right, he can't get it wrong, can he? So, um, but no, it's, it's, oh, it's subs always frustrate me, always frustrate me. Oh, Justin's here. Justin, come on, come call us, talk to us. Justin's in the chat box, I see. He can come off mute if he wants. Yeah, you said sure. He, he wants I'll to come in. I'll come in off mute. I'm I'm right here. Hi, I'm dead sad. Hi. Hey, you know, I I. I... Uh, it's bittersweet for me because I think it's just kind of clear that we might have reached the end of a cycle. That's I think this is, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing what happens when you reach the end of a cycle. We play more high intensity than anybody, and you, if if you don't refresh soon enough in a high intensity side, this is what you get. Yep. I did say ages ago when we when Klopp came, and I warned everyone. I warned them. I said it on podcasts as well. Klopp will break players because that's what he does. So take the rough with the smooth. But for me, this season has just been very strange. I think it's been, I could deal with the breaking of players and I could just deal with that in isolation. But you're dealing with a whole load of other factors as well. You know, like no fans and playing through a pandemic, not being able to spend the money or being given the money because you're in a pandemic and, you know, grief as well. And, you know, again, um, John Harding has put up a really good thread about Liverpool. So anyone that follows him, go and have a read of it. If not, go and follow him, John Blog 66. And he actually gives a really, really well-measured account of what's going on at Liverpool and talks about Dortmund as well. And obviously looks at Liverpool's situation quite differently because it's not just players looking exhausted. It's all these factors that you kind of have to look at as well. I think there's also a lesson, though, about sentimentality here, because we gave Origi a contract off of scoring some goals that he had no business scoring. We gave Ox a new contract off of a completely and totally destroyed knee. And we gave Milner a new contract because of things he'd done in the past. Like, you know, just learn not to do that anymore. That's the, that's the next evolution for FSG. Continue to look forward, not pay people for past contribution. Yeah, I I think we have to get over that now, um, uh, guys. What do you what do you think about that as well? Because I think there's constant. I think I've had Justin on the show in the past uh, with Amanda and um, Dave. I'll come to you first on this one. And one of the things that both of the gents kind of highlighted was um, you need freshness, you need new players, you need to keep that cycle going, and you know you need to bring up fresh players, fresh ideas. And Jota did that. But one isn't enough. You know, you need more sprinkles of that. And that's how you, you keep things evolving. Um, I want to get your thoughts because it'd be great to sign players and buy players. But we are in the middle of a pandemic and likely in the summer as well. And, and I think it's too late. It's too late to do that. The right time to invest was when we were at the top. And, you know, the teams that stay at the top do that. You know, they're constantly looking to bring in players and then, you know, at least first team quality and then maybe have a couple of gambles as well. 
you know, we've we've still got a pretty low a pretty low net spend, haven't we? If you consider, you know, we got all that Coutinho money, um, which funded obviously Van Dyke and Allison and what have you. So I just think you can't keep squeezing the pips out of those players that you've got in the squad. And yeah, I, I think the squad needed to be replenished, not with, you know, five or six players, but I think, you know, each summer you kind of need two or three, not necessarily all first team quality players, but you need to be constantly bringing those players in to keep things fresh, keep people on their toes. You know, what What real competition does Trent or Robertson have? They They don't have actual competition because when they don't play, there's a massive drop off. You know, we we didn't even really have that much competition for centre-back. You know, we went into the season with three senior centre-backs. I, I just think, and, and you look across the front line as well, how many years now have we played Bobby, Mo, and Mane up front? It just, just, it's not going to continue to work and work and work. And I agree, Jota, was, he was a revelation when he came in. He was way better than I think anyone expected him to be. But you're completely right. One is not enough. I mean, it's also Jada's 23, right? 23 is still really young. Those guys, yeah. are, before, before they hit their peak, they're going to go through periods of being good. And then they're going to go through periods where they're not being consistent. Expecting Jota to do exactly what he did when he came into the side for 38 games in a row is unrealistic. Yeah, Cam, I'd like to get your thoughts. And also, I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, um, the, the, the romanticism around, you know, players getting contracts. Because I'm looking around now and, you know, as much as I have, like, an attachment to some of these players for some of the things that they did, you look at them and you think, you know what, maybe it's time that you need to move on. And maybe it's time that you have a lesser involvement in the starting eleven. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, some of these contracts that have been dished out. I thought we learned our lessons from, you know, the likes of Adam Lalana and Cole. Um, yeah, the contract one is uh, is interesting. Um, those contracts should never have been been given. Um, those players had shown that the, they weren't players that could take Liverpool up a level, and those are the players that you need to be recycling with players who are going to come into the team, uh, into the squad, and put pressure on the first teamers. And by putting pressure on the first teamers, um, that pushes them up on um, to try and play better because they know they've got genuine opposition behind them. Last summer, we signed three players who would do that, I felt, in Simicast to, to push Robertson on, in Jota to push on, I felt, Bobby, but watching Mane this season... Um, Mane, it was right that Mane was dropped today, I think. Um, mm. and obviously bringing in Thiago, uh, was to, was to push the likes of Milner further back. And obviously, we lost Adam Rolano in the summer, so um, those were three players that we signed when we were champ- became champions of the champions of the league to actually try and push us on. I felt they were. Three good signings. You can't say they weren't good signings because they they were three positions that needed reinforcing. Um, 
did could we have done better in in the centre back position? Hell yes, there's no doubt about that. Um, that is something that you know we every pod has talked to death. What I'm failing to see, and this is a serious criticism of Klopp now for me. I don't see this ruthless streak that he supposedly has. I've not seen it at all. Um, he shows too much loyalty to too many players. And it's about time he started kicking fucking ass. It's as simple as that now. If mm. he, 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 he's the manager of Liverpool Football Club. He's there to represent everything. He's our conduit. He's our connection to the players. And if the players are not performing, you need to step up. Uh, um, take that back. Sorry. You need to show that ruthless streak that you supposedly have, which I haven't seen anywhere yet. In, seriously, tell me what, where, where has Klopp been ruthless in the last four or five years? He rewards failure. He really does. Um... Lovron got a new contract under Klopp. Adam Lallana got a new contract under Klopp. Simon Mignolet got a new contract under Klopp. Carrius got a new contract under Klopp. Lallana got a new contract under Klopp that made him unsellable. There you go, then. Klopp has to approve all these contracts that are being given out. He has to say, yes, I want to carry on working with these players. I believe in these players. So I'm not saying all of those players that I've mentioned have contributed to the downfall today. I'm just showing you examples of where Clough is not ruthless. Clough is not. Clough has made seven changes today. That wasn't due to being ruthless. That was due to some sign of desperation, almost. And that was and that was that was due to us having to play a big game on Wednesday. Which is why I said at the beginning, Justin. Um, I said I said I said exactly that. He's almost like he's uh, said the league is not my priority anymore. I have to make sure my players are fresh for Wednesday because I have to defend that two 0 lead, and that is. I think he's got it the wrong way around because I think you've got you've got to defend that game as well, but you've got to still ensure that you're doing the business in the league. Because it's as uh, Dave said earlier as well, momentum is, is a big thing in football. Our momentum right now is going completely the wrong way. Oh, it's not oh, good. Cool. It's not even that. Just also the substitutions were actually made really just tonight on Wednesday. He pulled Ginny just to keep him fresh to play on Wednesday because he's absolutely going to roll out Ginny, Thiago, and Curtis Jones on Wednesday. A midfield for the most part just hasn't worked. Mm. I agree with that. Yep. I mean, I guess the silver lining will be is um, we're playing Leipzig and they're going to have to come out and play. That's a given. They're two goals down. And they already play anyway. It's not going to be like an Atletico Madrid kind of situation. They will have to come out and play and they're going to have to play anyway now because, you know, there's a two-goal cushion. I think in the midfield, what he has to do is, I think, stick with the defenders that you have. If Kabak's fit for that game, play Kabak. I, I definitely urge that. And I think do not stick Fabinho with him. I say put Fabinho in that midfield. Because you need a shield. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 
definitely for me. It, it goes back to playing players in their best position. Play yeah. two centre backs. Play Fabinho in there as a shield. Play play. If he's going to play Ginny, then play play Naby, because you need creativity in there. Ginny Ginny's just there to. Uh, you could put almost players at double pivot, Ginny and Fabinho. Or if you don't want to play Ginny, but like you said, the substitution was made with that in mind because Ginny, as Dave was saying earlier, the guy's a machine. He just goes on Eddie and on. Wants and on. To know, Eddie you... wants to know. Eddie wants to know who would you play alongside Quebec then? I'd play a defender and risk it. I really would. I'd play Nat yeah, I would I'd I would just Nat risk Phillips. it. I'm sorry, because it's just not happening. You are losing so much potency of Fabinho as centre back, as great as he is but you've just lost something in midfield and I'd rather just be a bit bad in one place than bad in two or three places. I'm kind of done with it. Well, think of it this way. and Phillips have played together. Mm. So they've um, got a little bit of an understanding there. Yeah. Um, Matthias is saying maybe Davis is a good passer, but I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he even came. I think he's a fucking tax fiddle myself. <laughs> <laughs> Does he fucking exist? Yeah, I, I, I think Nat Phillips, 100%, didn't let anyone down today. I know we lost, but I can't think of him putting a foot wrong. And I know he's not the, the best, the easiest on the eye, but he's effective. And when that ball goes into our box, I'm a lot more confident when Phillips is at the back there. So 100% Nat Phillips for me. I mean, oh, what it's, I will it's, say it's, on this show... Go on, Justin. It's Phillips all day. Basically, the whole point here is you can you can hide Nat Phillips's li- like things that he's not good at better than you can weakening your midfield just to try to make your center back pairing marginally better. You, you can if you, if you strengthen your midfield to its peak, you're going to make your attack better and you're going to make your defense better. The midfield is the only part of our team where we have like a, a full complement of bodies at this point, save yeah. Henderson. Yeah, and having that be as strong as possible is going to give you the best chance of success. Yep. Throw Fab in there, and you know what? Just got batshit crazy. Give me a Tiago and give me a fit Navigator. Let's go to war. And the thing is, that would be a... With that midfield three, feel like that's a... We could put in a good performance that we can kind of rebuild our season from there. You know, it, you can even bring Jones on a, a little bit later, but you know that would give me hope way more than any other change that I think Klopp could make at this point. I think people are perseverating, perseverating too much about like Phillips being one weak link. A thing to remember: Pep Guardiola won the league with Nicholas Otamendi playing a lot of minutes in the centre back position. Nicholas Otamendi is terrible. Mm. I think you Did know, Phillips play against um, Leipzig in the first leg? I think he did, didn't he? No. Oh, hang on, let me just stop for a minute. Everyone's I think it was no. Henderson. It was Henderson. It was Henderson and Kabak. And Kabak had a really good game. If my memory serves me well, yes. And Kabak, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, what I will say is, Leipzig are not going to play. Be playing high balls. So they're going to be playing more on the ground, I think. They're, they're more of a, uh, a free-flowing football team. Correct me if I'm wrong there. And with mm-hmm. that in mind, who is the better footballer out of Williams and Phillips? 
who is better on the ball. And but would you play Williams and Quebec for the first time in that game? No. So it has to be Phillips if you want Fabinho in the midfield. If he insists on putting, because Klopp will not do what is rational at the moment, he's doing the ir- irrational. If he's then going to play Fabinho at centre-back with Quebec, then you have to go with a midfield of Ginny, Thiago and Naby. James Milner should, cannot be anywhere near that. Jones can then come off the bench if needed. Um, but you have to start with, out of those four midfielders, three of them have to be in the midfield. In Fab, Ginny, Thiago and Naby. Anything to add to that? Anyone, Dave? You've been quiet for a while. Yeah, no, I, I just like say I, I think forget football, right? Just any if you're looking after your own little company or whatever, you want the right people in the right positions doing the right things. And again, you know, Nina, I've been frustrated for months now about you how we're hoping or being a guest on under pressure. Would you? Sorry. It's a bit like me hosting Under Pressure podcast, isn't it? Or being a guest. <laughs> I couldn't possibly say. But How many yeah. times did Nabi Keita press Nina? A lot would be my answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did today. He he won quite. I mean, he won quite. He won the ball quite a lot today from pressing. Look at that. He also won. He also won a second ball, which is something that I haven't seen a single Liverpool midfielder do in about three. Yes. Years. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. He did a great wrestling move takedown near the end when they were breaking as well. So, you know, he was a big lad, that Fulham lad. So, no, I, I thought Naby did all he could today, considering it's his first start in ages. I thought he actually did pretty well. But, but yeah, so so for me, I think you, you as Justin said there, you can get by with having a, a bit of a drop-off at the centre-back if you've got Fabinho in front of him protecting them there and then he also gives you so much going forward so I, I'll I'll despair if I see Fabinho in, cent, in the centre-back position on Wednesday I wouldn't too much because um, you know we we do have a 2-0 cushion um, oh, and it's not like it's not like as you said we're conceding a shed load of goals we're conceding on average in this but you know what scared me one goal at a time Cam, you know what scared me though? You know when they made their subs and Juan came on? Like, if they didn't have ruthless finishers, we would have been done and we would have been talking about a very, very different result. You know, the 2 0 actually flattered us to some point towards the end because it, it, it they started did. to get, they started playing through our midfield. That's my concern. Yeah. So, if, if they get an early goal, with our confidence, how it is. Yeah, that that's that's the thing. Well, any goal, even if it's at the end, you know, any point in the first half, it will yeah. just create panic stations. Um, and the way to negate that is to score a goal. You know, have a shot, lads. You know, you are allowed. Yeah, we get a goal and, it, and the game's over. The tie's over. They're not scoring four goals. You know, they're a counter-attacking team and I just need my best midfielders there to deal with that situation. 
Like, that's how I'm seeing it now. But the thing is, we don't have to chase a goal. So they've got to change their tactics to completely. If they're a counter-attacking team, they've got to come out and attack. That will actually suit us now. Yeah, it means that we can then go to them. We can then go to them, get the goal. Rather than trying, trying to look at this so negatively in that how are we going to stop them scoring, we know they've got to come out at us. We should be thinking how are we going to score a goal against them and kill the tie off. You're right, but as we discussed at the top of the show, in open play, we haven't done that for over 10 hours, so I agree. Uh, We haven't done that. We haven't done that at Anfield. We're doing it away from home quite regularly. We're scoring. We're not playing at Anfield, are we? We're not playing playing at Anfield. We're playing in in Budapest, which is actually a godsend now for us. Whatever it is, uh, you know what? I've got a conspiracy theory. Anfield is a soulless place without its fans. It, it is. I mean, I remember Jamie O'Hara at the beginning of the season on Talk Shite saying, you know, that Liverpool are going to be affected because they've got no fans and it will suit Man City, you know, because they're a more pure about playing football. They don't rely on the intensity of the fans. And a lot of people laughed at him when he was actually making a really valid point because what's the one thing opposition players say? That they atmosphere. break it off our supporters. Yeah, that atmosphere. But again, I've been at games at Anfield where... You know, where you could almost say, yeah, we only sing when we're winning. We can be quite poor in our support as well. But, you know, that's me just being... But I think, I think this season, though, Gags, I think this... I mean, not Gags. I think this season, yeah. Tam, um, I think, like, they... Like, against the Chelsea, yeah, and, and the champions as well. And also, like, jeering on Jurgen Klopp with what he's going through and Alisson. And even before that as well, knowing that the team's going through a bit of a, a rough period, the fans would have been there just to kind of scream for the sake of screaming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, would have been, it would have been a party every game because... We, we would have been celebrating every game regardless and that would have created the atmosphere because we would have just been singing Champions of the League or whatever. But uh, my conspiracy theory is um, uh, to, the, to all the golf uh, aficionados in here, when uh, Rory McIlroy signed for Nike, what, what happened to him? Oh. Okay. He signed... He signed a hundred million pound contract with Nike or whatever it was, or Nike, and he went shit. He went proper tati pashab. Yeah, he was proper. He's been proper awful. I don't think he's won a major since. What's happened now? We signed with Nike. Key. There's my conspiracy for you. We have no balance. We, balance? <laughs> we don't. Very good. Sorry, we're, we're so pathetic. We're giving you dad jokes now as well, literally. <laughs> Guys, I mean, is there anything you want to kind of talk from the game there, Dave? I, honest to God, I think I've just watched the same game. There's nothing that I kind of want to highlight or kind of, you know, bring to the attention. I think one thing I'm kind of just thinking now is just get it done as quick as possible. And, you know, as, 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 you know, as, as bad as it is and, you know, I think the only thing that I can kind of focus on is maybe regrouping in the summer. And, yeah. you know, and, and also that international break in March can't come quick enough. I don't know about the international break. I hate those. But, you know, definitely the end of the season. Um, I'd like to think we can keep this run going in Europe for a, a little while longer. But, you know, as soon as we come up against the top, top side, I, I just don't see at the moment how we can we can carry it on. 
I, I, you know what? I'm a huge fan of Sadio Mane. I just, you know, the strength that he has for the size of him. I've just always been impressed with. And I think since we signed him, he's been amazing for us. But his form in particular has dropped off a cliff. And and I'm not making a Tiger Woods reference there. I just saw the comment in the chat. There was a point. We, we, We are getting half chances. And there was a point. I think Trent swung the ball in. And Mane was all on his own. And then he just headed it right into the ground. He, I, I'm pretty sure he could yeah. have. Old Mane would have took that on his chest, buried it in the top corner. You know, and it, I'm not saying it was an easy chance, but the horrible way that he made contact. And, and there was earlier, it, after he'd come on, he made this another fresh air shot. He's just uh, really, you know, not playing well at all. And it's really sad to see. I don't... I don't quite know if it's a hundred percent confidence or maybe the boy's just knackered. Um, but it's it's really sad to see. When he came on, I was willing him, you know, just knock one in and, and kick start, you know, kick start a bit of form again. But uh yeah, I think the lads are just feeling a bit sorry for themselves. I think we as fans were feeling sorry for ourselves as well at the minute. Um but yeah, I, I'm just hopeful. Nothing else from the match, I don't think. I actually, th- well, I, I would say I thought Nico Williams did well today, apart from about a five-minute spell just after he went off. I thought he had loads of space to put a cross in and took another touch, which he absolutely, again, it's, it's not just him that's guilty of that. The whole team's guilty of that. But I think because he had so much space, it just looked particularly bad. But up until that point, I thought the lad did quite well. So, yeah, I'm hopeful. Um, you know, law of probability, we, we should tuck it away. We should do enough to, to keep that two-goal cushion on Wednesday and then take some positives from that one and, you know, hopefully put an end to this god-awful run. What about you, Cam? Any final thoughts from the game? Final thoughts from the game? Or just anything you want to get off your chest about Liverpool in general, you know? Good place to do it. <laughs> just air all your dirty laundry. I'll, I've got one. You know what? I, my, yeah. uh, listeners already know that um, my mum's recovering from hip surgery and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to juggle this and, you know, it's going to be really hard. I'm watching Liverpool. I kid you not, she, looking after her has been a welcome distraction. Not a great one, but it's just literally kept me away from football. Don't have a minute to myself. I don't stew and ponder over things. Literally, watch the game, do the show, done. I'm like a conveyor yeah, belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being busy helps. That's for sure. Really, really, really busy helps. Really, really busy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. I've got to get up at silly o'clock tomorrow morning. So um... Yeah, you're like Elf. Elf. Anyone that doesn't know this, Cam is Elf on the Shelf. He's always outside football stadiums. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's been a few photos. I've got a couple saved in the in the archive bank for next week for you. Don't worry. I've, I've, I've been pretty much going to the same places all the so time. Tell tell them how many I've got correct. None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even with the one where I left the left a clue on there, which had the uh, the letters of the uh, the club I'm at. You didn't even spot that one, did you? So, um Steve Pete Steve Pizza says he's got three. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, bro. 
Uh, I don't remember you getting three. I remember you getting one. Oh, he's typing now. What's he saying? He's going to put you straight. That's what he's going to do. He's, he is. He's going to name the three now, isn't he? Yeah, but he did. I'm talking about first time. So, um, uh, uh, he's no, got I mean, nothing... he's, he's got screenshots. So you know what? I would not. I would not. I would not take. I would not take down Steve Pizza in this. I'm. I'm with Steve. Uh, Steve's got three. Okay. Such a catfish. Keep you know screenshots. Um, what was I going to say? But no, I mean, at the end of the day. It is what it is. We 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 are where we are because the league table doesn't lie. Um, we're not a very good football team at the moment, and I've got I've had serious questions. I think I've raised a few of them today in that, um, and I think I've raised them in previous pods as well. I question what are the management doing in to address this because it's. It is. It's the same. Nothing's changing. Um, it's the same all the time. You know, we're not getting the best out of the players. The players look disinterested almost. Um, I don't see anybody. You know, I know it's a it's a strange phrase to use, but I don't see them dying for the shirt. If you know what I mean. Um, you know, busting the gut for the shirt, giving it giving it their all for the shirt. And, Do you think um, it's a really, really hard place though to come in as well? Like, how are you? You know, if you like, if you're Jota and you just come back from injury, and everyone's like, "Yeah, you know, he's back, he gets goals." But how do you lift that dressing room up? I mean, like, you know, surely you bounce off each other, don't you? And I'm guessing yeah, I mean, that the, the 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 dressing room and training must be very, very miserable. And I think what Liverpool are doing, and Harindo always alludes to this. Oh, can't wait for the admin team to do something. But you know, I think they're constantly on that Virgil Van Dijk saying, "Tweet something, tweet that you're running." I think they all know where our heads are at. <laughs> they're trying to give us a little bit of light. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I think two positives for me today. Three positives for me today. I'm going to end on positives. Uh, on. Naby Keita. Naby mm-hmm. I, th- I thought, you know, um, it's great to see him on a fo- football pitch. I wasn't expecting miracles. I don't think we should be expecting too much from him straight away. You've got to give him time to get back to match fitness and match, match sharp sharpness. Um, Diego Jota being back on the pitch for a start today. Uh, that was a big positive. And the last positive would have been um, Fabinho coming on in centre midfield. So uh, there, there is there is light at the end of the tunnel. If we can uh, carry on, you know, with those positives and build on those positives and look to finish the season as strong as we can, you know, still, still a, lot of, a lot of games, a lot of football to be played. And you can't, we've got to stop this rot. And mm. because we can't just let it carry on like this and then hope that we have a wonderful summer in the transfer market and then players come back, uh, start of next season and bang, away we go because hopefully the fans will be back in the stadium by then. And no, we've, we've got to remember as well, you've got the Euros this summer. You've got um, uh, Mo Salah possibly going off to play in the Olympics in Tokyo. And there's a lot of international football to be played in the summer. We've got to stop this rot now. And that starts on Wednesday against Leipzig. And it's an away game. It's as good a place as any 
So yeah, we've got some positives. It's it's as as although we've been just doom and gloom today, there is always a light at the end of that tunnel. Don't ever think there isn't. And I I'd like to say I think we've shown that in uh, the mental health uh, chat we have as well. You know that as a as a fan base we we can show support and love for one another. And we sh- we should always remember that we we can lift each other up. And it's up to us as fans now, if you are on social media, to lift lift the club up. Don't be so negative on social media if you're on there. At the end of the day, you, you've got to try and support the players as if you were in the stadium. Yes, we we've had a rant and we we're we're upset, but at the same time, you've got to show the other side of things as well. You do. If you embrace the smooth, the Champions League victory and, and the league, then take the rough as well. And unfortunately, we're, we're dealing with it in, in quite a huge quantity. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for everyone that joined us live. A massive thank you to Justin who called, Del who tried to call but couldn't call. But thank you so much. Um, a massive thanks to both Cam and Dave. Before I let them go, I'll get some plugs. Dave, I'll come to you first. Where can people find you on Twitter and anything you'd like to plug? Well, just before I do that, I just want to say congratulations to Rangers and Steven Gerrard today for winning the title. I don't. Absolutely. No, I, I know it's not us, obviously, but... I'm no, not even not us. I think Rangers are a disgusting club. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm proud that he proved himself, but I wish it was somewhere else. Go somewhere else now, Stevie. You do not need to be associated with that trash club. I don't like Rangers. Okay. Maybe we could touch base. I, I don't <laughs> know why that is, but <laughs> I just, just delighted that... for him. You know, yeah. you, you see him speaking, and you know, you mm. read his book and stuff. That whole slip against Chelsea haunts him, mm. and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a horrible, horrible thing he said. You know, it probably haunts him for the rest of his life, and and I hope that's not the case. You know, I hope he wins lots more in his managerial career, and and then that just becomes a distant memory for him. So more. The fact that it's Gerard, I, I have no particular affinity to Rangers, but I am interested in in why you think that way. But so the fans are thumbbags. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so <laughs> for me, uh, you can get me on Raging Base UK on Twitter. You can also catch me on where we once watched on the Anfield Index. So we dropped an episode earlier this week or last week now, I guess. Um, and that was covering the 94-3 all draw with Manchester United, where we were 3-0 down. And Cluffy bagged a couple, and Razor Ruddock did as well. Nice, proper throwback football there, you know, good stuff. Oh, and I'm, I'm loving these pods that they're coming. And yeah, I want Gerard to win loads of league titles, just, you know, somewhere else. But I'm so glad he proved himself. And, oh, you know, God. I do, I, I adore him. It's, got, it's, nothing, it's nothing Gerard related, it's just more of that club. Um, what about you, uh, Cam? Anything you'd uh, like to plug? Pods that you'll be on, hopefully. Yeah, we're we're struggling to get the the main AI pod done at mm. the moment because of my uh, work life balance at the moment. So we were hoping to do one yesterday, and then it it got scrapped at the last minute. Um, so we'll try and get one in the can next week at some point. Wonderful. Um, uh, whether it'll be a weekday, I, I highly doubt because of stupid o'clock start time. Um, where will you find me? The only place you can really find me is Discord every now and then, but again, pretty much only at the weekends. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna hear see much of me during the week. But you know, anybody 
uh, like I say, um, mental health side, um, always here, willing to help anybody or everyone. Um, uh, the AI family is very important. We all love and support one another. And um, you need us. Just shout out, underscored. We're there for you and we'll always help you in any way we can. What a wonderful way to end the pod. Yes, do, do join our Discord. Um, and uh, yeah, Cam's absolutely spot on. Um, and look after each other. You really do need to look after each other, you know. Guys, thank you so much for listening. For my part, um, there's, you know, thank you for listening to this pod. I just want to thank you for all joining me live. It's not easy. I would not, I would not listen to me under the best of circumstances, let alone the worst, and you do it. And I think it's got everything to do with Dave Horrocks and Cam Branch. You know what? This is why I have the best panellists. But again, thank you so much for listening. I know it's tough times, but hang in there. I do believe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, these players are still great. They're just going through a bad time. They kind of need our support. And we, I guess, just got to just ride out the season and, you know, hope for the best. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, like I said, again, look after yourselves and hopefully the Champions League will give us the, the relief that we are all looking for. Till next time, up the Reds. Podcast Network.